Hey guys, it's Coleco, also known as TE5 Pharaoh, bringing episode 28 of the TE5 podcast. And in this episode, I actually brought over an episode from my other podcast called the Coleco Labawan and Audio Experience, which uh, I've decided I'm not going to try to create a show podcast out of uh, that one. It's going to be just more of a, a reservoir of all of my audio that I'll be doing in the future, of, of public speaking events or videos or things of that nature. Uh, maybe clips from this podcast that I'll move over uh, to that podcast. Uh, but in this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Chris Simmons, who is the owner of We Work Hoops, which is a basketball training program. Uh, he's a he's an elite trainer that trains elite basketball players on all the levels, professional, collegiate, and high school, uh, all across the United States of America. And he also was a former professional player. Uh, he played in Europe for six years, and he's going to share a lot of those experiences with us and everything he's got going on uh, with his training today. Um, so I was really excited to have him on. I actually play basketball with him. Uh, on a weekly basis with a bunch of other guys who play pickup games. So it's really cool. Uh, however, T5, this kind of marks T5's, uh, you know, flag in the ground for our uh, eventual movement into the traditional sports side as well. T5 uh, will uh, in some form be producing content, uh, you know, in, in your traditional sports, your basketball, football, all that good stuff, soccer, uh, interviewing people and whatnot. I, I'm very passionate about sports. I grew up myself. Uh, as a football player in high school and college. So uh, I, I think sports from a pop cultural perspective is very relevant and will continue to be very relevant for uh, many, many years to come. So I think that's a huge reason as to why T5 needs to be in that space. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We'll see you later. Guys, welcome to episode one of the new Coleco Labawanen audio experience. Guys, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, for this very first episode uh, of my personal podcast, and I'm excited to bring a lot of entrepreneurial uh, like-minded people. I'm also going to be discussing my thoughts on many different topics surrounding business and life in general uh, in future episodes to come. However, this being my opening excerpt, uh, in this first episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Chris Simmons. Uh, he is the owner of We Work Hoops, which is a uh, brand that uh, trains elite basketball players in on all the levels, professional, collegiate, and high school levels. Uh, Chris was also a former professional player in Europe uh, when he came out of high school and college. Uh, he's going to share a lot of those experiences of playing professionally, you know, and how his transition into coaching. Uh, and training basketball players and how that's kind of formulated into his true passion. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of value he, t uh, he drops in this episode, uh, advice on um, what it takes to, you know, to make it, you know, at the professional and even at the collegiate level for young players, you know, and obviously people that want to reach out to him and get training with him. He trains people all over the nation. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode.
Hey guys, joining me on episode one, I have a good friend of mine, a new friend of mine, Christian Simmons, uh, goes by Chris. Uh, he is uh, the owner of We Work Hoops, which is a uh, basketball training brand. He trains elite basketball players on the professional, collegiate, and high school uh, levels, and I'm very glad to have him on the podcast with me today. And uh, it's kind of interesting story. Me and him have uh, just started to kind of recently get to know each other uh, from playing basketball at our local YMCA uh, in the 5 a.m. club. And uh, you know, he's definitely a lot better than me. And he also, guys, uh, has played professional basketball over in Europe, so he's going to share a lot of his experiences there with us today. And uh, everything he's got going on with uh, We Work Hoops. So, uh, Chris, welcome to the podcast, man. Glad to be on here, man. Glad to be on here. Awesome stuff. Well, uh, Chris, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, man, and just, you know, share with us, uh, you know, what you're up to nowadays. Well, like, like you said, my name is uh, Chris Simmons and um, former professional basketball player, of course, played college. Uh, played high school, of course, too, and um, kind of like after after my my professional career, and I always had the idea in my head that I wanted to give back and help players. <clears throat> so then, this is something that started when I was a senior in high school. I was um, I was fortunate enough to go to a big time high school like basketball program that I was a part of, and. We what, what, what was it? Or what was the name of the school? McMinn Central High School. Where's that? And at? That's in 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 Tennessee, in in uh, East Tennessee. Okay. Which is like okay. It's, it's in a city called Athens, which is right out. And, right and that's where you grew of, up, right? That's where you're from. I'm born in Knoxville and lived and moved to um, Athens when I was about in middle school, and so. You know, kind of not an army baby, but you kind of you know been around a lot, a lot of different places Tennessee, as you hear as, as as I go into the story. But um, yeah, like I said, then my high school camps with with working with my high school coach um, Doug Armstrong, who's like a one of the most well known coaches in the state of Tennessee, and so with with our our program success, his camps would would draw a large crowd, so. And we were like superstars around the town. So um, <clears throat> one day, like a kid that, that I'm still close with to this day named Elijah, Elijah K. Actually, uh-huh. he asked, his mother asked me if I could work with him, like on his game. And I was like, you know, sure. She was like, I'll pay you to do it. And I'm like, you know, that's not, not a big deal. I'll help him. It's no, it's no big deal for me. So I ended up helping Elijah out. He was in, uh, I think he was like in the fifth fifth or sixth grade at the time. Maybe it was fifth. Yeah. And um, we started training, and I worked with him up until my senior year of college. And when I would come home in the summertime, I'd work with him. I'd work with him in the in the summertime. And like I said, it, it became like one of those things where he was like family to me. And like I said, I'd, I'd work with him. And once I got through college <clears> – <throat> I was one that always worked on, on my game on my own outside of practice because I knew, okay, when I get done playing college basketball, I want to go play in Europe. I, I, I'll take that back. I didn't think Europe. I thought NBA like everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, you, you when that 
when plan A doesn't work, you got to have a, a plan B. And plan B was go to Europe and play. So, um, you know, I, I had a was lucky enough to be able to do that for a few years. And um, But it, at the time, while I was over in Europe, it was always in my mind that I wanted to to develop players and be big in player development. So most people don't know, but in Europe, the coaches are are big time on player development. You practice twice a day every day and usually typically play one game a week. And the one game a week, I mean, that, that was like, you know, that's, that's the best time for, for most of us over there because you can get tired of all those practices. But me, I was one of those that I love to practice because it was like I was learning so much. Like I'm stealing so much knowledge from these guys that I'm learning from. Like I had coaches that were from Russia, Serbia, Spain. Most most staffs in Europe would be – like, for example, I'd be in Germany, but my coach wasn't German. He, he was from Spain, but he'd have an assistant from Serbia or he'd have an assistant from Russia. So you was getting all kinds of knowledge from different parts of the world. And I was one of them that was just soaking it all up, everything. I never really wrote anything down. It was just one of those things, like, I remember all of this stuff. And it was just, like I said, when I finished playing, my next step was, like, I'm ready to do this, start helping other people. Mm -hmm. All the knowledge that I had collected over the years, I'm talking, like, over a – from high school up until my last year playing professionally, I was I was just like soaking up all that knowledge and, and was ready to give it back to people. And um, so when I stopped playing, my wife now, but she was my girlfriend at the time, she had just taken a um, assistant job, assistant basketball coach job at Middle Tennessee State. And when I, I went back there in the summertime, like I said, I was still playing at the time. And I went back there in the summertime in, in Murfreesboro. We moved to Murfreesboro, so I was there. And <clears throat> I was just playing, playing, working out, and all that stuff with guys around the, in, in, in the city. And came across her. My wife's high school coach is a Hall of Famer as far as um, – women's basketball goes legendary high school coach won I think it was 12 state championships in Tennessee and if you don't know this girls basketball in Tennessee is some of the strongest in the country yeah I know at least from uh, the University of Tennessee yeah and that's where my wife played Candace Parker first name that comes to my mind my wife actually played with Candace they were in the same class at Tennessee together that's great but like um she played. She played under Rick Ensel, and Rick Ensel ended up being the high, the head coach at Middle Tennessee. Whenever I think he he took the job in two thousand four or two thousand five, maybe it was a year after she got out of out of high school. He he got the head coaching job at Middle Tennessee State University. So, like I said, my wife ended up going back, being his assistant coach, and Rick's son, Tom Ensel, is one of the the most well-known people in, in summertime basketball, which is on the Nike circuit, is, is what he's a part of. Mm-hmm. And he runs the largest tournament in the country. It's called the Battle of the Borough. It's like 800 teams show up to play in this tournament in, in Louisville every year. 
And was it three v three, five v five? What is it? It's five, five on five. I mean, it's just travel teams from all over the country. Sometimes they come from out of the country. But fortunately, I, I connected with Tom, and I told him I was like, you know, I want to, I want to let me come, come help you out. You know, as far as working with some of your players, I wasn't thinking about really coaching. I was just wanting to just individually help them. And he's like, all right, you know, come on with us. And so I ended up going to a tournament with him, which was in Hampton, Virginia. The first one is called the Boo Williams Invitational. It's a, if you know who Boo Williams is, he's one of the most well-known people in high school basketball as far as boys and girls. Um, highly respected guy. Um, is coach, he coach scout? He's, what is coach, he's a coach. Okay. But he's on a lot of committees. And, he, I mean, he coached Allen Iverson. He coached Alonzo Mourning, you know, just example. He coached J.J. Reddick. They all played in his program. And <clears throat> I went to that tournament with him, and it's just like we've, we've got this, this, this travel team, Tennessee Flight, which is mostly all girls from Tennessee. And we, it would be a kid from here and there from out of the state. It's a connect. They have to be at a connected state to play for Tennessee flight. So we would pick up maybe one or two kids every year from out, outside of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So we show up at these tournament, this tournament, and you, it's every college coach in the country there to watch these kids because they're there. That's when they're recruiting in the summertime. So I'm like, wow, you know, I'm kind of surprised. Like looking at because from when I played, you know, we used to have scouts come watch us. But now it's just night and day compared to how it is now. Oh, I can <clears> imagine. And, I mean, you got 100 coaches sitting at one game watching two teams play. And so I'm thinking, like, in my mind, a lot of it just, it just happened so quick. I'm like, okay, I've got 12 girls on this team. Every one of them not going to play a lot. So how do I get these girls seen by, by these coaches? And we got 15 minutes to warm up. And we're going to play a 24-minute game pretty much. So I'm thinking in my mind, okay, I got to do something quick to to um, show these coaches that these, all of these kids can play. Actually, it's a 32-minute game, eight-minute quarter. So I um, put them through an intense warm-up. And I'm talking, I'm showing, because we have, let's say we have one kid that's a big-time McDonald's All-American, top five player in the country. We might have another kid, a 12th man on our team, that's really good, but she's not as good as this All-American. You know what I mean? So she's not going to get as much playing time. So I got to show such and such on the sideline from whatever school it is how good this kid really is in warm-ups. And it was one of those things like, okay, I'm putting these kids through intense workouts. In a 15-minute workout, I'm showing you everything this kid could do in 15 minutes. And then, like, it was kind of a – and people joke about it now. It was one of them deals where everybody from other courts were coming just to surround the court to watch us pregame work out. They're like, wow, like, look at look how intense they are. I mean, my kids are coming off the court, and they're, like, soaked in sweat. And it's like, in 15 minutes, that's how you feel? And then you come out and play, and it's like we're just running people off the, out of the gym because we had – like I said, we had a talented team, and – I'd always just get them ready. I knew how to get them ready. Mm-hmm. And um, that led to, like I said, I didn't – I was just – my thing at that point, I was just helping them get ready for the games, training the players and all of that. And that led to 
do you want to be on the staff like full time? I'm like, you know, I'm still playing at the time. So I'm like, uh, I don't know yet if I can com- commit that much time where, you know, I'm not training myself anymore. I'm just worried about everybody else training these kids. So um, it was one of those deals where I made a decision. I played two more years after that. And I was still heavily involved with, with, with all these players as far as training them and all of that. And word of mouth just started spreading quick because I was I was training a lot of kids in Murfreesboro, which was, like I said, it's a hot area for girls' basketball. Yeah, yeah. And I was training these kids. And the next thing you know, there's kids coming from Knoxville, coming from Memphis, coming from Kentucky, coming from Alabama. They're all coming to this to Murfreesboro to work out with me, sometimes once, twice a week. And there would be days – where, no lie, you got 20, 20 kids in the gym training with me, and every one of them are high major Division One basketball players. And, and let's mean, let's hold on before you continue. So you're still doing all this for free at this point, right? No, I, I wasn't. I was charging, but I wasn't charging like what I should have been charging. And yeah. I, not not to say I'm like a greedy person, but I was like pretty much. I was just might as well say it was for free. I got you. so okay. It turns out like, you know, like I said, these all of these kids are coming in and training with me and it's just like, wow, I can turn this into like a, a real business. So like after that after that, pretty much after that summer, I'm like sitting at home with my wife and one of my good friends named Sean, who actually works with me now. And he kinda he lives in Murfreesboro and he he kinda trains all the kids there now. And um I'm like, man, I got to come up with a name. And I'm sitting there like, man, everybody's got all these names. I said, man, at the end of the day, what we're doing is we, we are working. So it was like, we work. And it was like, we work. And I had to put some basketball on it. We work hoops. And when I tell you it took off so quick, and it, it led to to me working, connecting with all these All-American committee guys, all these guys that picked the Naismith, the best player in the country awards. Like it just, all these relationships just built off, off of the work that I was doing, that I was having fun doing it. I didn't even think it was work. It was just fun to me. Yeah. And it just grew literally. It just, I mean, I'm talking about, I was traveling at that point. My name had got so big. I was traveling to, to California, to Seattle, to Arizona, to New York, to Philadelphia, you know, Florida, um, uh, it, literally everywhere to go to go train players specifically. Sometimes it'd be one person. Sometimes it'd be groups. And it was like other, even though I was connected to a travel team, other travel teams were calling me like, hey, man, can you come work with our kids? And I'm like, yeah, you know, so no, this is what I love to do. So, yeah, I'll do it. And, you know, but at the end of the day, back in Murfreesboro was, was my base. And there, there was, like I said, there was a lot of talented kids there. I mean, you, I got, there's one at UConn right now that I started with. She, I got her when she was a seventh grader. There's one at North Alabama. There's one at um, Iowa State. There's one at Alabama. Um and there's one more I'm leaving off. There's one at Chattanooga. And that, that was a little crew. It was like five or six of them that really got me going. One one went to Georgia, two went to Middle Tennessee State, and one went to Auburn. 
that was my that was it was like seven or eight of them really. That was my that was my crew right there that like kind of got that blew my name up because I was working with these kids basically every day. I'm just and looking then, on your Twitter too, Chris, and I see you promote uh, quite a few of these girls, and I'm assuming those are ones that you've been training, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I got you. I got you. And um, like I said, those those are the ones that 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 helped. Yeah, I help them a lot, but they don't realize they help me. And I, I remind them of it quite a bit. Like, I'll say stuff like, hey, this is the crew that got me started right here. Like, no matter what, with that with that crew, um, they'll always hold a special place to me. Yeah. Because they, they, they got it started. And they know that. And they know how I feel about them. And they, like, these are, these are, this is a group of kids. Some of them, are they're all seniors right now. One's already out of college. She's playing professionally. And one two of them are juniors. And um yeah, it's 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 one of those deals where, you know, that was just a special group to me. And they kind of put me put me where I am, to be honest with you. Because their word of mouth, their parents, they just they just talked and they Word of mouth is the best it, marketing. It, yeah, everybody was like like, man, get this website, do this, do that. And I'm like, if you know me, I'm not that person. Nothing's wrong with people that do that. That's that's fine and dandy and it's cool. You're not so you're saying you're not a business person. Is that I, right? I am the way I handle stuff, but I'm yeah. not somebody that's like, yeah, me, 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 me. That's not me. If you want to work with me, you'll find me. That's how I am. Yeah. And and it, that's just how it's been. And it's it's always worked that way. And and I, my thing is that I always tell every parent, I'll tell them straight up whenever they first call me, if it's a, if they're recommended to me by somebody else or somebody's told their kid, told the kid, you need to get with Chris. First thing I say, hey, this is not for everybody. I'm going to push you to your max. You're probably not going to like me sometimes. Not that I'm the type of person that's yelling at you or anything, but I'm not going to let you get away with anything. Anything that's that's not going to better you long term yeah and it's like i talked to i actually talked to a coach yesterday and she told me she's like man it's one thing about about your kids and i don't like calling them my kids but i I knew what she meant that they all play hard and they're all extremely like mentally tough and when they come to college they're ready it's like it's not Oh, we got to go through these stages, and it's like they've already been through it all from from the standpoint of where I pushed them to to be. And I, yeah, I'll yeah. tell them that stuff too. I'm like, you would do that. You're gonna what we're doing now. You're gonna do in college, and it's not gonna bother you. And they all come back and call and tell me. They always say, "Hey, you was right, coach. You you got us ready." It's, it's, you know, our workouts. Some of them be like, "Man, our workouts are are easy compared to what we was doing with you." So, you know. That's pretty much where how I got to where where I am now. And like I said, I started with the travel team, the Tennessee flight full time now. So I do it. I coach with I actually coach with them and I, I still do the player development. I bring new kids in, you know. And I mean I'll give a huge shout out to to Tom Ensel because he he lets me do 
for for as big as a program that he's got, he lets me do my own thing. Like I don't even have to. I rarely have to call him about if I say I want to bring a player in. I don't even have to call him because he knows I'm not going to bring any nonsense or you know. Yeah, I'm bringing in difference makers, and I'm going to develop difference makers. And yeah, man, I mean, that's really where it is, right there. Well, man, that was that was very detailed, man. I'm glad you shared all that. Um, I'm I'm flooded with with questions. I mean, you're top, and I'm just like thinking. I I've got like probably a thousand different questions I could ask right now about so much stuff. But let you know, but before we. I want to get a little bit more into um, some of those questions. So let's, you know, kind of, you know, double down on, on current day, Chris Simmons. So you're living in Shelby now, right? I I live in Shelby, North Carolina. Now my wife, Alex is, is now the women's head coach at garden web university. Mm -hmm. We moved here in the summer. She was the assistant coach at Ole Miss for, five years and you know we moved our family here we got two two young daughters uh four month old Channing Simmons and I said four month 11 month old Channing Simmons and a four-year-old Carson Simmons and you know hopefully one day they're gonna be basketball players too but oh, I'm uh, sure they yeah. will man but yeah right. we're we're here we've seen we like Shelby a lot so 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 Chris are you I mean like, are you working, like, like is are you getting paid to do this coaching? Or, like, did you just yes. kind of retire I mean, off of the, the money you made I, in Europe? My, I make my money off training players now. Now I travel all over the country doing it. And, like, right now, things are about to rev up a lot because high school seasons are starting to end, college seasons are starting to end, or they will be ending soon. And um, everybody wants to start getting better getting ready for summer ball or getting ready for professional basketball. So, and I deal with, I didn't say this, but I deal with a lot of, um, with agents as far as when college players get done with their eligibility. Yeah. They want to go play professionally to play professionally. You got to take your training up a different level. So agents will send me players to train let's say for a month or two weeks or what, you know, different times of the year. I mean, not different times of the year, but different times in the off season. And um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, that's where I get paid at doing that. Awesome. And when I travel and do my, I'll have my select few players during the season that I'll travel to and, and work with them. Like, let's say I'll go to Iowa to work with Alexa Middleton who plays for Iowa state. I'll go up there for two days but we're going to get about four or five workouts in in those two days. Even though she's in season, we're still going to find that time to get those workouts in just to stay sharp. Yeah. So, you know. Well, man, yep. that's, um, you know, you're, you're, you're very blessed to say, and not many, not many people in the world today can actually, you know, say that they can do what they love doing full time, man. You know, and it's, people... it's one of those deals too, where, where it's not just training the basketball player. You got to – you you build relationships with these people, not just with the player, with the families. Like, well, they depend on you for not just basketball stuff. They'll call you about, you know, decisions, business decisions you got to make. Or I have some kids that I deal with when they're getting recruited. They'll lean on me to where they should go. 
And I'm like I said, I always tell kids, and I'll tell colleges this, this straight up. I don't ever tell them where to go, but I'll be quick to tell a kid where not to go. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I know these kids better than any of these colleges will. And I know them personally. I don't know them as just the basketball player. I know them personally. I know what they're going to like. I know what they're not going to like. I know how they're going to fit in the system. I know I can tell most of my players when they walk in the gym what type of workout we're going to have just by their facial expressions. I know what type of workout to put them through because I just know them, their whole body language, everything. So, like, I got one kid right now that's the best player in Tennessee. She's going to Mississippi State next year, which is a top five program, been in the Final Four the last two years. And I've trained her since she was a seventh grader. And literally, I can see her the second she walks in the gym, and I know exactly what type of workout we're going to have. And this kid, you know, this is like family to me too. And it's just, it's just that, you know, that, that relationship like that takes you a long way with, with them because these, these same people will come back six years from now and ask me to invite me to their wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that type of relationship you got. That's awesome. And everybody doesn't have that. And I know some people do, but not everybody has that. But that's just the type of person I am. Sometimes you say, your heart's too big. Like, no, that's just who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I guess, before, you know, we're going to segue into, you know, a lot of talking about, you know, uh, we work hoops and, and, you know, I'm going to ask you a little bit more questions on that. But first, um, back when you were playing you know, professionally, was there any, at any point in time, did you ever have a legitimate shot at, at going to the NBA? Did you ever want to like, what, I mean, what was that like? I mean, coming out of college, I was more of a small forward, which is typically the NBA. They're six, eight, six, nine, six, seven, most of the time. Mm -hmm. And that was my game, was suited for a small forward. I was, like, super athletic. You probably can't tell that now, but I still got a little bit left. You got a and, little bit left. <laughs> and um, I could shoot it, but I couldn't really couldn't really dribble like that. Couldn't create my own shot, but I could always guard. I could guard one point guard, shooting guards, small forwards. And I went to – I remember it like it was yesterday. I went to work out for the New York Knicks, and – um, during the workout, 10 minutes in, coach tells me, you got to get better at ball handling. You need to go to Europe and you need to go work on your ball handling and just complete, like work on your game completely. And that was like, wow, somebody. Well, they were looking at you as a guard though, right? Yeah. Dude, as a, right? as more of a, more of a two guard. Now, you know, at the yeah. professional level as a two guard, you got to be able to play off the dribble. Yeah. And so it was one of those things like, wow, you know, that's, they hit you right, like, wow, right, hit me right in the face with that one. And, but, you know, I took it like, okay. So I ended up working out for a couple more teams and um, ended up going to Europe. And, you know, it was one of those situations where you get over there, you're making this tax-free money, and you're not really worried about – you still – you like a rock star over there, and you're not really worried about going back to the NBA. Mm-hmm. So – 
you know, I mean, I had a chance, but you know, I don't. I Did don't you play for multiple teams in Europe, or was it just yes, one team? Yes, yes, I played for. Usually, contracts in Europe are year to year, so you switch teams a lot, and sometimes you might sign a two-year contract, maybe a three-year, but that's rare because every everybody's on one-year contract. Even coaches, most of the time, are on one-year contracts. So, um, I switched. I stayed in Germany a couple years. I went to the Czech Republic. And, you know, it was – I don't regret anything. I'll say that. Well, I mean, I guess what was what was life like for you living in Europe, man? Strictly basketball. Because I'm the type of person, for me, I can't speak for everyone else, but I, I'm real laid back. I, I don't talk to many people. No not, partying, not, right? No not partying? That, I mean, I'm not going to sit in my tea. I had my times where I enjoy life a little bit. When I was okay. first went over there, I was like, yo, this is, I'm in Europe. It's like I'm a rock star. So, you know, but not like when I say party, not like going out, drinking, smoking. No, I, I was never that type of person. But, I, I mean, I did hang out. And um, But that really was just one year. I did that one year, and I was, I was burnt out on that. And to this day, I'm really – I'll go out occasionally with like friends and like hang out, but never by by eleven o'clock, man. I'm sleepy. That's just that's just me. Hey, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, that's all. But uh, and now it's been like that since probably since I was like early twenties, and yeah. Well, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't regret anything about Europe or going over there. The whole experience. Basically, um, I wanted to ask you what um, were, were you married when you were playing in Europe, or was that after you, you were done in Europe? That was after. I mean, I was actually dating my wife, but um, yeah, I got married after the fact. Cool. And that that's an interesting story because going into my last year of of playing, I had got engaged. And I was in the process of going to a new adventure. I was going to go to Japan and play. And um, we were, we were, like I said, we were engaged. We were going to get married that following summer in 2013. And I kind of, this, this goes back to with training players and coaching. I had a couple kids. I actually coached one year of high school basketball at Riverdale High School in, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And see just, Riverdale High School, man. Riverdale High School, yep. And one of the coaches that I coached with on the Tennessee flight had just gotten named the head coach. And when I say I lived five minutes away from Riverdale, he was like, Man, you want to come coach? You want to come coach with me? So I'm like, I already coach all of these kids in summer basketball. <laughs> not all of them, but I had like four or five of them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, why not coach them, coach them in the, um, in the, in high school also. So once word started getting out, Hey, Chris is about to come to Riverdale and coach. So everybody's like fired up about that. And then next thing you know, kids that I've worked with at summer camps and trained and, and other times from other cities, I'm talking 100 miles away or two or three hours away, no lie, these kids move <laughs> to go to Riverdale. And 
to pretty much get that training and get that development and get, you know, and we end up, we go into that, our first practice and I'm like, man, we're going to have a really good team because we already had the good players. But I'm like, we're going to have a really good team. After a couple of practices and individual workouts, I'm thinking we've got a special team. So I'm thinking like, okay, nobody in the state of Tennessee is going to be able to beat us. And like I told you, Tennessee girls basketball is extremely strong. That year we had three teams in the same city ranked in the top 10 in the country. If that tells you anything. So I'm still thinking, even though those two teams are good, they can't touch us. Mm-hmm. And, and I train kids on these teams, but I know they can't touch us. And like I said, we play a national schedule. We go to some some big-time tournaments, play against other big-time teams, beat them all. State tournament, run through it. Finish number one ranked team in the country, national champs, state champs, seven kids go Division One. <laughs> can't complain about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I got a huge national championship ring that I've never even worn, but, you know. The one year coaching high school basketball, you can't complain about that. No, not at all, man. <laughs> not at all. Um, and that that same year, like that whole little run, 2013, um, it actually started. I take that back in 2000. This was 2012, when when the whole um, when I got engaged. But that summer, that before that high school season, that summer, some of those same kids I coached at Riverdale, along with my other kids from Tennessee and connect the stage, which we had Kayla Davis, who played, who's from Georgia, who played at the University of South Carolina, won a national championship there, got drafted by the Dallas, um, I think it's the Dallas Wings, that's the name of them, WNBA. Uh-huh. And then you got Rebecca Greenwell, who played at Duke, got drafted by the Washington Mystics in the WNBA. Then you had Nina Davis from Memphis, who played at Baylor, was a three-time All-American who plays professionally in Europe now. All these kids were on that same team. So we, with that team, we win the national championship in travel ball, which is extremely hard to do. So you're talking in a year span, I win a national championship in travel ball and a national championship in high school basketball. Pretty and cool, at, at this point now, At this point now, you you've talked to me enough to know that I'm not an arrogant person by any means, but I can't speak. I can't name many other people to have that have done. Yeah, they've done that. That's crazy. That man. that that have both. Yeah, but I'm the type of person you never know unless we're doing this podcast. I tell you, but if you you would have never done this, I would have never told you that. <laughs> That's just you know. That's awesome, man. Um, Chris, I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, just you know, from listening to you talk about you know, really how, how big you truly are. Um, I'm really kind of mind boggled that, uh, you know, you really haven't tried to, I guess, you know, um, you know, I mean, you've got, you've obviously got a brand, but it's really about putting that into a legitimate, you know, company or business for me. I mean, do do you have like a camp that you host, like a a annual camp that that's yours? I do one back home and it's more for younger kids mm-hmm. and when I say younger I, I mean like more freshmen in high school seventh and eighth graders and we would draw about 
we cut it off at like 75 kids. So, you know, and then I do other camps like where it might not be my name on the camp, but I know and the guys that run the camps that bringing me in attracts other kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I've got partners that, that I work with that are like a, one of my guys, Kyle Moore, he's from, he's lived in Atlanta the last few years, but he's in Florida now, but he's, he's a big name in, on the, on mm-hmm. the, on the East coast. So we do one every year up in Philadelphia and we draw all the top kids from nearly from Virginia up to Connecticut, all these top kids. And it's probably a hundred, 110 of them show up. And then Chris Hansen, who is from Seattle. And Chris uh, actually lives in Nashville now because he's engaged to a coach that, that coaches at Belmont. And he he's brought me out to his events in, in Orange County, California, or to Seattle, right there where he's from. And you got all the kids from the West Coast, top kids. So I can legitimately sit here and say every week during college basketball season, Speaking on girls basketball specifically, every game I watch, there's usually somebody, somebody that, I, used, that, that I've worked with, or you've yeah. worked with, man. and that's yeah, just that's... you know, and that's on girl on the girls side because like, and I and I work with a lot of guys too. Don't get me wrong, but I got my my name personally from the women's basketball side. Yeah, you're known. And, and, and before that, side. before that, I, I I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. I never really watched women's basketball like that. But then after after working with, with females, they will run through a wall for you as far as the training and playing hard and, you know, playing for you. If they, as long as they know you care about them, they'll run through a wall for you. So that, that's where I, I love that part of it. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, I train a lot of guys too. I got a lot of guys that, going and playing professionally, playing in college down, you know. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I know this is where you got your name. You're going to always stick to that. So, um, are you doing YouTube at all, Chris? YouTube? Yep. I've got, a couple, I've got a couple of videos on there, yeah. But I, I'm one of them people, I don't let a lot of people in on, on stuff that I do. Because I don't want everybody oh, Chris, stealing. you would blow up. Oh, I mean, I do. I, I mean, I'll let people see stuff, but not like. Yeah. I don't know. Because I got like a different style. I mean, I see you having the potential to be like the next, like Chris Brickley. I mean, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Big guy that does all the pros and stuff. But like, I mean, do you, I mean, and, and in that space, dude, like if you were to really like push your brand and put content out there, man, I, I mm-hmm. mean, gosh, guys. My, my thing with that is, and I've, like I said, I've had people talk to me about that, but a lot of those guys, and I'm not saying Brickley does it, but they, they're training somebody and they're holding the camera at the same time. Me personally, if I was, if I'm working out with you and you're recording everything that we're doing, you're doing spending more time on the camera than you are working with me. I would walk out of the gym on you because you're not, you're not, you're not focused on me. You're focused mm-hmm. on, on if you got somebody else in there recording, cool, no big. I don't mean you can't hire somebody. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm about to that, say. That's, that's right. 
But it's just like me. I feel like I'm cheating the kid if I'm working you out, but I'm holding the camera the whole time. Or, or, you're not, or, you're Chris, not getting my full you, attention. Even if you just did like, you know, how to – I mean, I've see, I see freaking guys – I mean, they're they're blowing up just by like doing, you know, tutorial videos on mm-hmm. like, you know, how to shoot, you know, what's your proper form and – you know, how do you, you know, do a spin fade or cross or Euro, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you did stuff like that, like, that would be huge. I, I had a guy when we lived in Mississippi. He's actually uh, working for a news station now. He was, I thought he was going to be my guy for, for doing video stuff. But he, yeah. of course, he ended up moving off and all that. We did a couple of videos together and he understood how I wanted stuff done and angles and all that, you know, that detailed stuff but you know i'm not saying it's not an option because it, it always can be but mm-hmm. it's just got to be the right person to connect with me like i told you i'm not one of those guys that tries to be friends with everybody not like i said not that i'm a standoffish type person I'm, that's not me at all it's just i'm real selective with my friends yeah well and i mean you seem to be pretty content with you know what's go what you got going on right now Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I mean, there's think... always room for growth, but it's just got to, you got to make sure you bring the right you people. Got, you got crazy room, <clears throat> crazy potential, I think, uh, for growth. And, uh, you know, who knows, man? I mean, it just you know, intrigues me even thinking about, like, whatnot. And, and I, that's kind of going to lead me in my next question, Chris. So, you know, with, with your ventures and what you're trying to accomplish here with, with the coaching, uh, let it tell us what are what's one if you had the to just name one issue that you're having right now with with this whole you know process what what is that issue um i would say as far as moving to north carolina i don't know many people here that's that's one issue i would say i have right now so I mean I'm getting to know people, don't get me wrong. As far as training new players just like, and stuff like that. Like networking around here, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that, that I really don't know a lot of people around here yet. Uh-huh. But um and even even then, like I would say, and this is not just me, but this this is go for any trainer to tell you this. If you don't have your own gym, that makes things hard. That's not just me. That that's a lot of people, you know. But like I said, I'm I'm new here. It takes time to to. I mean, I've got places that that I that I do workouts and and like when I go travel to train my players, I'm we always have gyms then. But as far as here, my I'd say the only issue is I, I don't know a lot of people yet, but I'm getting to know them. So, mm-hmm. well, I'm and this is just kind of me talking to you just from advice from a marketing and just influencing perspective which you know one of the reasons i do this podcast is not just for the sole fact of you know creating content uh, the post i mean that's obviously you know one factor that you play into it but uh the other underlying which is in my opinion might be even more valuable than than the content itself is the networking Mm -hmm. you know for example chris you know you and i've talked and we played basketball, you know, pick up ball and whatnot. But, you know, had I not invited you, you know, we talked about doing what we're doing right now. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't know 90 percent of what you just told me, you know. <laughs> and naturally, because of that, we're already closer. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we're Definitely. already closer because you're you're telling this thing. I mean, you're kind of opening up, and you know, I use podcasts as a way to network, and and it's and, and I'm like, so just so you know, I know you don't know a lot about me, and this isn't about me, but I'll just shed a little bit of light. Uh, I own a esports and gaming company. I don't know if you know what esports is, but it's, you know, professional. It's competitive video gaming. Okay. And um, you know, I have a podcast over there, the T Five Podcast where I feature, you know, I try to get influencers and people that are, you know, big, big YouTubers, streamers, you know, in, in the, in the industry, in the space. Gotcha. And I'm naturally like growing just through the influence and I'm building these new connections all because I'm just, you know, I'm providing value and, you know, giving towards, you know, Hey, a podcast, which is promoting them and their content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm not really getting paid. I'm not, nothing's coming out of that. I'm just doing it. And I'm, you know, uh, trying to, to just give as much value as I can, but right. that's just one thing of advice, man. Like, you know, I mean, there, there's just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just listening to all this, man. And I, I've got, you know, YouTube podcast, I mean, Instagram, I mean, taking it to a whole nother level uh-huh. where like, I mean, I, I just think you, you could be known everywhere. You would be the women's like, you're that dude. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like all over the country, dude. When it comes to girls training in basketball or whatever that is, like I just see you being that dude. And I think there's so many outlets that um, you're not really taking advantage of at this point. Not that it's something you got to do, but you know, I, I just like I said, if it's if if getting to the to super big level, man, where you're not just getting paid to coach. I mean, you're literally getting paid for content and, and everything. I mean, right. I, I like I said, I, I just think you, you you've got so much potential there and. You know, those are just a couple of things I would recommend. Um, Definitely. You know, and it, it's it's one of those deals where, yeah, that that's 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 in the plans, and it's not going to happen. A lot of people want. It stuff sounds to happen, like you need a partner, quick. man, or you need you need that person that can, you know, kind of build out that that marketing end of it, or you know, the business side of it, versus yeah, that, you, that, you do what you do. That is an option, you know, that I have been considering and. Mm-hmm. And that, there's been a lot. Of, I'll say this: there's been a lot of people that want to get in and help, but I can sense real quick if it's somebody that's just want to make a quick dollar. Yeah. And if you're in this business, training players, and you're not going to have any success doing that if you're just all about the money. Because I can see right through people that, and I've got a, I've got a kid, like I said, that I train, and that's going to Mississippi State next year. Her dad always tells me. Some guys just train on the clock. They're looking at their watch every few minutes, see what what time the workout's over, so they can get their money. Like that's not me. With me, I'm we're gonna get in the gym. We're gonna go till we get it done or get it you right. Have a, you have a general, in, uh, genuine interest in you mm-hmm. know, these players, and yeah. I mean, that's that's the big X factor there for sure. Yep. So, uh, so tell us, man. You know, for obviously, it seems like high school. You know, the high school. You know. Uh, level if we're talking demographically it's probably your biggest uh-huh. your biggest uh, coach coaching pool um you know if if i'm a high school kid i'm sure you know when you push this out there and promote it you know a lot of these kids you're working with now are probably going to listen to it and they should yeah. so you, you you know make sure they listen to this um i mean what's what's the you know one to three biggest pointers that you know you would give them that maybe that you haven't really stressed or talked about much you know as far as you know getting to college or you know what 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 should they be 
doing, it could be life, it could be basketball, three biggest tips you would give to your players? I would say if we're talking basketball-specific players or just athletes in general, um, either way it goes, one, you have to be extremely focused on what what you're wanting. And you have to be committed to getting that, achieving those goals. Like, like I said, most of my my basketball players that, that I that I deal with, this is not. They treat it like it's a job. Yeah, you go to school, you take care of your schoolwork. Outside of that, you're a basketball player. Everything outside of your life besides school involves pretty much basketball. Yeah, you got time to hang out with your friends, but at the end of the day. Do I want to go hang out with, with, with my buddy or do I want to go work on my game? And most of the players that I deal with, they're going to pick the second option. I want to go work on my game. Yep. And that's actually going to be their first option. Or they, uh, they'll go hang out with their friend, but they're going to get their basketball stuff in first before. And um, you really just got to be driven. Because, like, this in, in this game, especially in – in women's basketball, it's not hard to go Division One or to go get a scholarship. But if you want to make an immediate impact once you get there, it, it takes some work. Yeah. A lot of it and a lot of commitment. And then, I mean, once you get there, if you're serious about it, you got you to throw in these factors too. You get to college, that's – somebody's job is to coach you and that's how they provide for their family. So do you want to go to college and just go through the motions and boom, you get the, you get your coach fired just going through the motions or do you want to go to college and be serious about it and advance your game? And next thing you know, you're a professional. And like I always tell my players, you become a pro way before you get paid to be one. If you understand what I mean, it ain't it yeah. ain't just all of a sudden. Oh, he's a pro off one game. No, that takes years in the making. Yep, I agree. Even with these guys that you see, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, yeah, they they play at Duke and they in a national spotlight all the time. But you don't think before they got to Duke, they wasn't working on their games. Coach K's helped them a lot. Don't get me wrong, but Coach K, he, I'm sure he would admit it to you too. These kids were good before they got here. Oh yeah, like Zion, I said, man. You, you, you're a pro way before you get paid to be one. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. that that switch just clicks at, at certain points, but sometimes it's just you're just wired like that. That that's what you want to do. You hear people say, "Oh, I knew when I was six years old, I want to be a professional basketball player." That's true in some some cases, and then sometimes you got some that be seventeen. They'd be like, "Oh, I didn't realize I was this good at this," and Next thing you know, you're a professional a couple of years later. So my, my my whole thing with that is just be focused, be driven. The and speak just speaking on my pleasure, that's all I can really comment on is I got kids that are extremely motivated. And the smallest little things will motivate them even more. So you know. Use every little thing you got as motivation. Find everything you can to motivate you. Um, 
like I said, be driven, be committed to the work, be faithful to it. And I always got this slogan that, that everybody knows me by, and I always say the work don't lie. Meaning, if you putting in the work and you dominating, it's not going to lie what you're doing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tell. But if you're not putting in the work, it's still going to tell. You see kids, like, I, I never feel sorry for somebody that can't shoot a basketball because you didn't work on it. If you don't work on it, you're not going to be able to shoot a basketball. Does that mean you don't feel sorry for me? I got my moments, If I didn't think you could shoot, man, I wouldn't pass to you when we play. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I do I do practice some. Um, all right, man. Uh, last couple questions here. Okay. Um, so if I'm if I'm a young I'm a high school basketball player. I've got big ambitions. You know, I want to work with you. What I mean, what all do I got to have to make that happen? What all has to happen? You have to be to work with me specifically. You have to be yep. extremely committed to it. And it's not going to be one of those deals where we work one time. You have a good game. I don't hear from you for a while. And you come back to me when you have a bad game. I've had that problem before. And I always tell kids, or parent, I usually deal with the parents more. I deal with the parents more. And I'll tell them at the beginning, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. We're not going to – because it's a, it's a process. And I, when I build players and develop players, it's, um, it's steps to it. Like I had a, my kid that's going to Mississippi State next year. It, it was one of them things where she was an extremely strong 5'11", powerful wing player. Couldn't really shoot it at first, but she was so explosive and strong, like nobody could stay in front of her. So step next step was we got to get you to be able to change speeds and we got to get your ball handling better where you can change directions and uh, we got to get your shot better. And I used to always tell her, Dad, it's not going to happen in in a couple weeks, it's going to be, I always tell them, six-month windows. When you get seen, pretty much when you get seen by everybody, it's every six months they see you. Yeah. And in those six-month windows, you got to improve every single time. And it was one of the things with her. For example, I'm just using her right now. She ended up being a top 20 player in the country. You know how many girls basketball players there are in the country? And if you're one of the top 20 – Obviously, you're really good. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, this is one that when, when I got her, she was just really strong and faster than everybody else. Same thing with Crystal Dangerfield, who plays for UConn. I got her when she was an eighth grader. I knew when the day I seen Crystal, the day I seen Crystal, I knew she was going to be special. All I had to teach her and help her with was slow down and be able to change speeds. Mm-hmm. knew when she was 13 years old, she wanted to go to UConn. And you know what? She went to UConn. Ended up being the number one point guard in the country. Um, number three player overall. I think she got Naismith player of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Or she got one of them. One of the, It's like three different ones. She got one of them. National player of the year. Then it started at UConn for two of her three years. 
So, um, if you want to work with me, that like going back to your question, you just got to be wired like that, you know. And like another one I can bring up, and I don't, don't want to bring up another player, but this Alexa Middleton at, at Iowa State, she was Alexa wasn't the most athletic, but she's arguably the hardest working kid I've ever dealt with. And when I say completely committed to to getting better, she she told me when she was I got her when she was a freshman in high school, and her goal was. I want to be a McDonald's All-American. Were there other kids more athletically talented than her? Yes. Were there other kids that had the same work ethic as her? Not many. And that she pretty much willed her way to that. Just off straight work ethic and living in the gym. So all you young kids listening right now, um, obviously you're going to work with my man Chris here. You better be in it for the long haul. No one and done's happening here. Right? No, no, sir. I mean, you just, you got, if you want to, if that's what you want to do, you got to be committed to it. And you got to improve. You got to be obsessed with improvement, pretty much. I'm obsessed with the process. I think, yeah, man. Just you know that even more than the goal, man. And those are usually the people that end up succeeding. Though, and it, that. that's one of those things that 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 obsessed with the the process, our improvement. Like people ask me all the time, like who are your favorite teams or college coaches or whatever? Like I like, I'm not going to say it and lie to you. I was a Southern Cal football fan for the longest, but the last probably five, six years with, with what I do for a living now and like being obsessed with stuff and like, I like Nick Saban. I like Coach K. I like John Calipari. I like – I don't even watch the Patriots like that. But, I mean, like, but if you got, like, a little documentary on them, I'm going to watch that. I'd rather watch that than the football game because I just want to see how they do stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the locked in and focusing and, like, I, I, like, recently I've been reading a lot of books. Like, just about, like, just different people and how they got yeah. to where – like I read John Calipari's book, Success is the Only Option. It just details a lot of stuff like, you know, pretty much. So You know what's crazy about that, Chris, is you know, most there's not a lot of content that exists out there like that. And that's kind of something I'm trying to um, you know, take initiative in doing. I mean not not in basketball, but in what I'm doing is actually documenting the process of trying to make it, you know, and I right. think it, it kind of goes back to this thing, like, you know, in, in, in my world, you know, people, people, at, you know, say, well, what, you know, I don't know if you, you know, who Jeff Bezos is, the richest man in the world. He's the mm-hmm. owner of Amazon built, you know, 160 something billion dollar billionaire. And, um, you know, if people could have seen how he built it, not, mm. not what the end result is. I mean, you think you, you like have to fathom how much attention P pe- I mean, people that would have like probably over multiple billion views on YouTube, just people wanting to see that stuff. And it's kind of taken that concept and, you know, that's kind of like the hot trend right now is just the documenting right. of the processes and stuff. And no one's, no one's really doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, 
to, to get to your point though, man, um, you know, I, I mean, with, with the kids, you guys that want to work with Chris, man, just, you know, and, and they, how do they need to hit, uh, reach out to you? Is it just, you know, can I hit you uh, up on Twitter, or Instagram? Through Twitter. Okay. Through uh, my emails. I get a lot of people reach out through emails. And I don't, I don't like really like giving phone numbers out unless once we get to talking, yeah, I give it. Yeah, to I don't like, blame you. I wouldn't do that either. Not like um, on a on a on a put it on no on my Twitter page, for example, or on my face. I'm not going to do that. Oh no! I don't, once I don't. once we get to talking, then yeah, I'll give you my number and we talk and you know, like it happens all the time. I mean, people schedule workouts with me and they ask if if I'm free at this time to get you know so. And and guys listening, if you don't know uh, Chris or have not seen uh, you know, any of his content or what he does, you can go up to, on Twitter at We Work Hoops. All right, search him, uh, follow him, man, check him out, and you know, obviously, if you're if you're a baller and you're serious, uh, hit him up, and uh, you know I'm sure he'll be able to help you out. Definitely. All right, so we are going to move into our fire round, guys. So for those of you listening that are new. Our fire round is our last five-minute segment. I'm going to ask Chris here a series of fun questions. He either has the right to answer them or, or pass. So let's see how much of a sport he'll be. Um, first question, Chris, what is your biggest pet peeve? I think I already know this. I don't know why I asked this. but <laughs> my big, Hold on. I want to hear what you think it is. What is it? What do you think? Um. Your biggest pet peeve is, I want to say it's like just laziness. I don't know. Yes, Yes, it's pretty much that. Being lazy. Lack of desire to work. Yes, that and it's it's pretty much just being lazy. And um, I, I don't even like, I won't hang around anybody that's lazy. I don't, I don't associate with anybody that's lazy. Um, when I say lazy, I don't mean like – I just mean like you guys – let's say you got an opportunity to, to do something and you just don't do it just because you're just – you're too cool or, you know, you just don't want ego. to. You know, ego. Yeah, ego. Like, like I hate oh, yeah. going to watch a kid play, uh, you know, and you just see somebody just out there just coasting and just going through the motions. I can't stand that personally. And – yeah, so I don't – and I'll, I'll tell people about it sometimes. If it's somebody, I'm like, hey, man, you wasting your time. Like, you could be really good, but you 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 not going to be just because you're you're being lazy. You don't want to work hard. You need to talk to those two high school kids that are playing with us usually, man. You know, I've worked with them a couple of times. Uh-huh. And, you know, I told Dad, you know, I'm not – my thing, too, is I'm not going to ask you to work out. If you if you want to do it, did you, it go you, well you, or bad? It was it was actually it went well with them. Uh-huh. But you know they it, it was probably one of them deals where they never done that. But I could tell that obviously they never done that and been pushed like that. So yeah, you know. And like I said, it's not for everybody. And if you that's perfectly fine with me. If you want to come and it's it's a good one, great. If you want to come back, I ask my players all the time after every workout, what you think, how you feel. That was good. I had one tell me the other day. If it was extremely exhausting, but if it wasn't good, I wouldn't be coming back, coach. That's what they told me. And they said, awesome. I, know, I know that I'm getting better. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Next question, man. 
What song? It could be a song. It could be an artist. That you, who, who are you currently listening to that you would be embarrassed for anybody else to find out about? Honestly, no, nobody. Man, I listen to a lot of... I mix it up, man, depending on my mood. There'll be days that I'm listening to Jay-Z, Fabulous, Future. Um, and I, fabulous. I, I go back to, I listen to some, some, some Tupac, some Biggie. Just, you know, people that are talking about realistic stuff, you know. Yeah. And I like a good up-tempo beat, especially when I'm working out. That's really when I listen to a lot of music. But if I'm, like, just driving... I'll listen to R&B music all day. So There you go. Nice. <laughs> cool. cool. All right. What is the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? Oh, man. I don't want to tell nobody this. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. That's what makes it interesting. I bought, I bought some in college. I bought some um, cement Jordan 3s, and they were fake. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I tried to play ball in them, and the whole bottom ripped off like wow. five minutes in the plant in them, and that was the, probably the dumbest thing I ever. And you spent good money on that, yeah, right? Yeah, because they they really look real, and once I they tore so easy, I was like, wow, wow, wow. fake, ripped off on Jordan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, what is your worst habit currently? Worst habit. I'm sure my wife would agree on this, but probably doing the laundry. <laughs> and I mean, I'll wash them, I'll dry them, but I'll just leave them in dry. <laughs> oh, they get that that mildewy. Type no, they stuff. they don't they don't they don't stink or anything or get mildew or nothing. I mean, they're dry, but I'll I'll be like the type that. You know, most people do laundry like once or twice a week, but I'll wash, let's say, I usually wash all my workout clothes together, and I I don't mean leave them in the dryer, but I'll just take them, like, put them in the basket and put them on top of the dryer, and just, when I go work out, I'll go grab what I'm about to wear and put it on right then, and she's always like, why do you do that, you know, why do you put the clothes on top of the dryer? I'm like I'm about to throw them right back in the dirty clothes anyway, so I wear them the next morning. So, yeah. <laughs> what's the point of taking them upstairs? <laughs> yeah. That's probably I'm, I'm same way, man. That's probably same that's way. probably one thing. Okay, uh, what? And now, now I'm a, there's a there's a I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, the question is, what is the best gift you've ever received? And you can't say your daughter's. Okay, everyone that has kids says that's the first thing they say. So that's that's disqualified. You got to tell us what's your best gift you've ever got. Um, gotten a lot. I mean, my wife's got me a lot of things, but I'll say I came home one time and. She had traded the um our car in and because we had three and she traded uh-huh. one in and got a and that was actually this past summer, a brand new expedition. And that was, you know, it was kind of a gift for both of us, even though she drives it more, but it was like, wow, you know. And no I had no idea. I was out of town for the weekend, came back and boom, you got this. 
So. Got this car waiting for you, honey. Yep. There you go. All right, last question. This one's this one. I don't know. We'll see how you feel about it. Um, explain your and I don't even know. Have you had many girlfriends, Chris? Besides no, one? no, I haven't. Not even one. I mean, I have, but not not where you say, "Okay, that's a serious girlfriend." Explain. So. Okay, well, answer this question then. What ex, what was the worst breakup you ever had? Worst breakup you ever had? <laughs> Probably in in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to different high schools and it was one of them deals where it was like oh well you know we went to different totally different high schools and it was like you're not going to see me anymore so I don't go lie I was a little heartbroken at first but then it was like man, I'm 13 years old man why are you why, why are you heartbroken over this yeah so you know and then, like, holding some other boy's hand or something. No, and then it, it was like, you just forgot about it, just like that. Like, once you went to high school, it was over. Like, yeah, that's probably it for me. No, you know, I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, all right. Uh, last two questions. Um, who's your favorite? Who's the who's your favorite uh, NBA player? Well, he's retired, but without a doubt, Kobe Bryant. Just because, I mean, the work ethic, the being driven, and I love his shoes too. So, you know, yeah, definitely Kobe. All right, who's the goat? Man, I gotta say Jordan, man. No, no, Bron. No, I mean, luckily I've been around to see both, but Jordan just did special stuff, man. I mean, LeBron's special, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Bron fan. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a Bron fan, too. But, I'm a Bron, bro. But, but MJ, I mean, it's just it's one of them dudes that just – and it's not even about the championships and all that. It's just that dude was just good, man. You know you're good when you've been retired, what, nearly 20 years, and your shoe still sells like – you still play. <laughs> yeah, he was he was smart, man. He had, that brand, yeah, man, crazy. it's crazy. But yeah, I, I'd say LeBron. I mean, not LeBron. Um, Jordan. But now, if you if you going back to your other question, who's my favorite player now? I'd say I like Westbrook a lot because he's just one of those guys that just seems like he's got something to prove every time he steps on the floor. Like he's not, he's not. Oh, I'm not that good. So I'm gonna show you that I am. That, and I, I'd say, yeah, probably Westbrook. You think Russ will ever win a championship? Uh, gotta get one more player there with him. Yeah, PG's been playing. This yeah, light, they've been yeah, playing yeah, lights yeah, out. Yeah, but you gotta get one more there. It usually takes three, three really good ones on one team to win it. But. Yeah, that's what he needs. Cool, man. Well, yeah, I'm I'm hoping the Golden State dynasty kind of busts up after this year. Hope yeah, talking to, talking to some of my my people in the pro basketball circles, they saying somebody's gonna be leaving there and going to New York. I'm not gonna say no names, but KD, <laughs> KD, yep. Man. But. uh Awesome stuff, man. Well, Chris, uh, any last shout-outs you want to give before we wrap this up? 
Um, pretty much just, you know, everybody's ever helped me in any way. Um, and they know who they all are. I don't know, there's too many names to say. Just want to let them know that I really appreciate everything. And I know just like y'all are there for me, you know that I'm there here for you. So, yeah, that's really it. Awesome stuff. Well, guys, once again, if you're listening, make sure you go follow uh, Chris at, uh, on Twitter at WeWorkHoops. Uh, follow him, man. Check him out. Reach out to him if, if you're serious about getting some basketball training, uh, re- regardless if you're at the professional, collegiate, or high school level. Um, and, Chris, once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, you are the first guest for the, the new My Personal Podcast, which uh, okay. this will be aired on. And uh, don't forget, share it with everybody, man, all right? Will do. All Appreciate right, you having me. All right, man. Take care. Until next time, guys. We'll see you. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to rate us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And if you're following us on Anchor or any other uh, platform that this podcast is being aired on, uh, please be sure to follow and subscribe to this content, guys. Uh, We're always trying to improve and better our content. If you have uh, comments or reviews, please leave them. And uh, I look forward to bringing you guys so much value in 2019. And until next time, guys, take care. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Uh, Please be sure to share this podcast with a friend who's looking to get into the gaming and esports space. And also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave us a rating Uh, to help us uh, grow and get this podcast more aware in the community so we can bring more value to people. And guys, your attention means everything to me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. And I hope you guys stay tuned for the next one. Take care.